Hey everybody, this is your host Sean King with my Youth on Record. We interrupt our regularly scheduled program to bring you stories, observations, and interviews from community artists who, like you, are experiencing the unprecedented, the mundane, the absurd, and the interrupted daily life in a world that changed nearly overnight. My name is Juicebox of Paradise, and I'm your co-host for My Youth on Record Interrupted, a podcast where we explore how artists' personal, professional, and creative lives are transforming in the time of coronavirus. Hi, I'm Sean King. Today, our guest is Brian Corrigan. Brian is a creative strategist and friend who works with businesses, municipalities, and cultural institutions to bridge tech, culture, and design, all to rethink the use of urban spaces. In his story, Brian juxtaposes urban and rural, noticing how the pandemic is shifting his relationship to the spaces he inhabits. Our conversation marks a moment in the podcast as it was the first recorded amidst the protests of George Floyd's murder. I was in Craig, Colorado when the governor announced the stay-at-home order for the state. I was there visiting my family. Both my niece and nephew were home on spring break. A few days after the announcement, I was out taking a walk when a friend called. He asked how things were going and what life was like in the northwestern rural town. At that point, Craig had no reported cases. I felt very removed from what was being reported on the news. But beyond that, I told him that it was very difficult to be worried about anything because at that moment, I had a family of deer just chomping at the grass right in front of me. Nature has a way of making you understand that you're just a piece of the puzzle. I'm back in Denver and I've been doing my fair share of walking through the neighborhoods. Now that it's quieter on the streets, it's so much easier to see how unnatural our neighborhoods really are. So much asphalt, hardly any trees or grass. As we move forward into what's next, my wish is that we learn from our friends living in rural towns. Brian Corgan, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you for having me. Juice and I were talking today and it seems like this week has flipped everything where um, think of all the things that seem relevant five days ago. Like imagine someone online being like, hey, you want to learn guitar? Well, now's the best time to do it. You know, you need to be practicing and, you know, use your time wisely and like to look outside and see buildings burning. These things that were relevant six days ago just seem completely turned upside down yeah well i mean i think it's also just like things just changed overnight you know and here we were in this pandemic and we still are but you know the pandemic seems to have taken a back seat to and rightfully so right for all of this other kind of stuff that's going on and so i think like beforehand i think that there was probably just this like idea that things were guaranteed right that like during summer, you were going to be able to go to Waterworld <laughs> and, you know, go, uh, you know, to your favorite festival or whatever, you know. And I think really kind of like what we're seeing here is that nothing's guaranteed. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Absolutely. it's It's been so eye-opening as far as like how we spend time with our, our nuclear families and how we 
how we spend time getting out and trying to meet up with people and our Zoom time and how much we need, how much connection do we need? I was thinking about with you and your your art, it's completely based on people being together. Um, how would you say COVID has affected your your whole idea of being together and as it relates to your art? Um, you know, maybe even to piggyback a little bit off of what I was just saying, it's like in terms of things being guaranteed, um, I mean, even right now, I think that what we're seeing is that there's no guarantee of even inclusion, right? Like we're having to fight for inclusion. I think just that we like took for granted this idea that, you know, that we could belong or that we could gather. I mean, I think that's just totally changed really everything that we kind of thought. And I guess it kind of comes down to just more of this idea that you know, culture is just something that we have to work towards every single day. And going back to, you know, just what I was saying, it's not guaranteed. It's something that we all actively have to participate in to make it what we want it to be. Hmm. And what would you say uh, you want it to be at the moment? You know, a lot of my work all is surrounds like bringing people of different backgrounds together in very fun and playful and meaningful and authentic ways, what I would like culture to be, or, you know, I think for what I would like us to work towards is for us to really, again, kind of think about like, who are the people on the edges? Who are the people that may feel like they don't belong? And really kind of make an effort to really bring them into the fold. And with a lot of my work, I just naturally go towards the edges and look for like the people that don't fit. Because that's where I think you find like the best ideas. And I'm one of those people myself. I've always kind of considered myself like the other. And I think the power in the other is that, like, again, you just kind of see things in a totally different way and you start to really kind of complete the puzzle, right? And kind of make a more full picture. When we start to think about, like, how do we start to build culture and what are some of these new norms? I just hope that becomes kind of just embedded in the way that we think about things instead of like, you know, it just becomes a natural thing. It's not something that we always have to like, be like, oh, we're adding that. It just comes like intuitively, right? And it's kind of becomes a non-thing. Uh, could you give a, a specific example, just because from the description that I just heard, that kind of sounds close to gentrification with like going to the edges and and then turning it into something to include more people by taking like the, the culture you find there at the edges. So what's a specific example of one of those ideas that does that? So I want to say one thing about gentrification is that right now in America, there are more neighborhoods in poverty than the 1970s. Like that is actually the problem. The problem is that we have a ton of communities and neighborhoods living in poverty in the United States. Really, like, they have been cut out of these, like, networks that can really kind of start to bring in resources where we can all kind of lift each other together. And so when I think about gentrification and, like, people moving into neighborhoods, I think it has to be done in a very intentional way where if people are coming into neighborhoods, who have resources or opportunities, 
And they start mixing with people who may need resources or need opportunities. To me, like, that's what being a really good neighbor is. And so I think, like, we have to really kind of be careful about really kind of dividing people and being like, it's us versus them. And really start to think about, like, how do we start to blend together in more kind of productive ways? So, so in that case, it's like if more affluent people are moving to a neighborhood of poverty, they need to be able to take the best things there, amplify them, integrate with them, bring out the gem of what makes that so great. If that's what you're saying, I do agree with that. Um, I can't say, I don't know how much faith I have in that. You have a very engaging persona and I think, and, and you, you have that kind of magnetism where I think you saying that people will be like, yeah, cool. But even in my neighborhood, I see some of this happening where houses are getting torn down and things are getting put up. And I don't even once that once that happens and this and the for sale sign goes down, I don't even I have no idea it could be a ghost living there because those people really don't want anything to do with the neighborhood. So I would like to be hopeful. I want to I want to have that kind of magnetism, Brian, because uh, I don't have it right now. I think with everything that's going on, like, I hope that this is the time where we just finally start to understand that, like, everyone belongs, right? And that we need each other and that we need to connect. You know, I think, again, I am an optimist. I really hope that, like, you know, everything that has been exposed, like, during the last couple months is just finally the time that people start taking the action and like stop talking about it and just start doing it yeah yeah i think in the, even in the beginning of this interrupted series we had a thought of like things are changing and especially this week with george floyd's murder i feel like that there's now the feeling that the concept of normal has been completely flipped and we're 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 not going back to that and that seems like a that seems like a recent development even within the last week there's been like a check mark, you know, like those when you leave a parking garage and if you go backwards, you're going to pop the tires. We just, we just crossed one of those. You have a really awesome opportunity here with the way that you imagine like fun ways to bring people together. And then as well, you mentioned bringing more cultures together. And with what we're going through right now with the protests and George Floyd and and battling racism, um, the biggest way we can make that battle is by bringing the youth together um, from different cultures and like integrating them, which is something that you talked about doing. So uh, have you had any ideas on how to supply the youth with like a fun way to come together uh, when this COVID lockdown dies down and bring their cultures together? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's like just empowering them to come up with the ideas. And so I think is like what we got to do is think about how we can um, engage them in these kind of processes. Like they have the, they have the cool ideas. They are the ones like they are an asset. They are a neighborhood. They are cities. They are, are really like a, an amazing asset. And so I think is what we got to do is think about like 
how do we build some frameworks that really just allow for their voices to be heard and for them to be able to kind of plug into these systems and allow for their ideas to kind of live out in in these public spaces to allow for that fun to happen Uh, and for really kind of like that creativity to happen. You know, I'm going to say this. I might have a few good ideas here and there, but there are a lot of people out there with better ideas than me. And to me, it's like, what I love is discovering that and then amplifying that. Awesome. Thank you. That's great, man. Brian Corrigan, thank you so much for joining and thank you for your time and your insatiable energy. And uh, I hope we can actually meet up in real life soon. Totally. Yeah, me too. Yeah, thank you, Brian. My Youth on Record Interrupted is a program of Youth on Record. It was produced by Jamie Duffy and David Layden with the assistance of July Jones and Luis Palacio. Sound engineers were David Layden and Jesus Rodriguez. Podcast operation managers were Mona Magno and Al Neff, with marketing and media direction by Andrea Villarreal Murphy. This episode features music by Sean King and DJ Smooth Dangerous King, with original score by July Jones. For more information, visit youthonrecord.org. Do you have a story you want to share? We want to hear from you. Find out how to submit your own story at youthonrecord.org slash myyouthonrecord.